Special thank you to Wisconsin Farm Bureau for sponsoring today's episode. Wisconsin Farm Bureau is a trusted voice leading Wisconsin agriculture forward, empowering the Wisconsin agricultural community through grassroots memberships to preserve and promote the advancement of agriculture. Farm Bureau is an organization for people just like you and I that care about keeping agriculture strong. By joining Farm Bureau, you also qualify for money-saving membership benefits on items such as insurance, hotel discounts, equipment discounts with Kate, Case IH and John Deere, Ford trucks, and more. Get more details on what Wisconsin Farm Bureau can do for you by visiting WFBF.com. Hey, I'm Amber. And I'm Becca. This is Forward Farming. Hey guys, welcome back to Forward Farming. We are very excited for today's episode. Um, As you can tell, we are working with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau today and we have a very special guest joining us to talk about some cool things that are going on this summer. Um, and into the fall. So can't wait to get into that in just a few minutes. Uh, We don't want to bore you with another long intro (laughs) this week because I think we kind of got carried away. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) It's just been so long since we've talked to each other that we just vented it all out last week. So hopefully you guys enjoyed that as much as we did, or hopefully you guys needed that as much as we did. Uh, yeah, it it was it was therapy last week. I think that's we've said that before that this is our therapy session. So we'll try to keep our therapy session to a minimum before we get into our interview this week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we are we're just super excited for the interview today. So we want to spend as much time with that as possible. Um, but before we get there, Becca, how has your week been going? Um, it's been going. <laughs> It has been going. Um, uh, I think we were like literally just talking about how Jack was a pretty chill baby and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, la- the last couple of days he's been, I think, growing and he just he likes to be held, which is fine. But then at the same time, it's hard to get, get much done. else done. Yeah. So he's been in the carrier a lot. Uh, and then sleeping, he like he either does really well or really not well. Last night was a really not well night. So I do have him sleeping in the swing right now. I'm hoping he takes just a good nap because all of his naps today have been on me. I like, I need space right now. (laughs) So hopefully uh, he takes a good nap and does not interrupt this podcast. And um, I'm sorry in advance if you can hear pounding on my end of things. <laughs> we have our contractors putting siding on our house. So if you hear some banging, I'll try to mute myself during the bad parts. But um, sorry, there's there's going to be some noise this episode. <laughs> oh, it really wouldn't be a podcast if we didn't have some no. distraction. So no. Bless this mess. <laughs> um, do you have a low for the week? Um. How about that weather? What in tarnation is going on? Been, it's like the apocalypse. Weird. <laughs> like we had one nice day where it was like manageable. And then yesterday was super hot and humid and we had severe storms all across the state. Um, we were coming home from the doctor's yesterday afternoon 
we were driving right next to a tornado. Like it was, it was fine. It's fine. <laughs> like my mom, um, oh, I can't spend too much time on this, but my mom drove up to, uh, <laughs> she followed behind us on our way up to the appointment because you never know that could have been the appointment where I would have just went into labor. So she wanted to make sure she was in town just in case. So she drove an hour. <laughs> yeah. So she oh, was, bless her. as we were leaving, I, I didn't know she was in town until like, she sent me a picture. She just ran out of TJ Maxx, just soaking wet. And I was like, are you in town? And she's like, maybe, but she was following us home. That's even better than she didn't tell you. <laughs> she didn't tell me that she was there. She's like, well, I just wanted to be here just in case. Like, mom, I've got, okay. Um, yeah, she kind of split off and went a different way home than us. And she called me and she's like, I think I just drove right through a tornado. I was going through like really bad winds. And like, I drove through a hail, I, like a bunch of hail and the sirens are going off and it was super windy. And I was like, mm, <laughs> are you sure though? And so she was like on opposite side of the town as us. So I don't know how she got it. And then where we were, it was just heavy rains, but um Thankfully, none of that here on the marsh, just driving home. Yeah, it's been wild. Yesterday, we we were supposed to get storms, but they all went south of us, or like they like split us, really. So the bad one went south of us, so we kind of lucked out. And then the day before, we had really bad storms again, but we, we luck out a lot because the storms go over the Mississippi, and then we live right by the mound. And so like, it seems like they kind of go yeah. around it and then we miss out on that, which is nice. But we've got an inch of rain the other day, which was good. It wasn't super windy. There's been a lot of tornadoes in Wisconsin this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just like this entire summer, like this latter half of the summer has been nuts for storms. Kind of scary, not a fan. Yeah, not a fan. Nope. yep. How about a high, you got a high? Oh, my high is, this shouldn't be my high, but it's probably my high for my kids. Um, they, I dropped them off with my parents yesterday. Um, so that shouldn't be my high. Cause I know I'm going to miss them like tomorrow probably, but they are going camping this weekend and I'm uh, just hanging out with my parents and then I'll get to see my grandparents and stuff. Oh, so that'll be, that'll be really fun for them. So I'm excited. Sophia, she's only called us once already she called us last night but she wanted to to facetime me while I was giving Jack a bath oh and because he pooped in the car seat like on our way there and so she's like oh my gosh you're gonna have to give Jack a bath when you get home and I was like yep yes I will and then yeah she missed it but I'll have to call her next time I give him a bath but yeah that's my high because I know that they're gonna have a lot of fun um I just feel like not that I've been like neglecting them, but it's really hard to give them, you know, all of your attention when you've got a really needy newborn too. So I'm glad that they're going to have someone on one time with my parents and uh, get a little bit spoiled. Good. Yeah. That'll be fun. I think for everyone. And then for you to just kind of take a deep breath and focus on one kid and one kid only for a couple of days. Yeah. Especially with like starting work next week, I'm, I'm going to be exhausted. So mm-hmm. they'll be gone the first half of the week and I'll just hopefully be able to like, I don't know, ease back into it. <laughs> good. That sounds good. Good planning. Yeah. What about you? What's your high? Um, I had my doctor's appointment yesterday. We did an ultrasound. Um, everything looked good. Babe is 
bigger than I thought it would be. Um, so like two weeks ago, they were telling me that the baby was like six pounds. And now all of a sudden we're at eight, almost eight and a half pounds and sitting very low. So we scheduled an induction date for the 22nd. Um, but I think the nurses are hesitant that I'm going to make it that long. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I haven't, I've been feeling kind of off all day today and like the second half of yesterday. So I don't know if that's just me in my head or if like, I'm actually just not feeling too hot, but that's the worst part is that it's like, you don't know if you're making yourself feel like that or if it's like actually the baby doing it. So <laughs> Mind I'm, games. Yeah. I'm trying not to psych myself out and just not think about it. So if I seem like a little more ditzy today than usual, which is hard to do sometimes, but um, if, if I do, that's, that's why. So sorry in advance. <laughs> do you have any goals for the week besides maybe have a baby? <laughs> no, that's kind of it. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's a good enough goal. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Talk really this child out. So this might be the last time I'm on here for a while. So enjoy while you can. <laughs> enjoy your voice. <laughs> How about awesome. you? Do you have any goals? Um, I think I am going to go to the farmer's market this weekend. Mm. Since the kids are gone, um, Joey is going to go up to the woods to plant food plots, which he doesn't really need my help doing and I don't really want to go up there and like be by myself while he's doing that because mm-hmm. it'll just be a long day. Um, so I think I'm going to stay home and probably go to the farmer's market and hopefully it goes well, but that one is the, like the slower one. So I think it'll be fine. Like if I have to feed Jack, I can just hang up a little sign that says like, I'll be back soon <laughs> and it won't be a problem. So that's my goal is to get there. Hopefully he sleeps the night before and everything goes well. Good. Well, good luck. Keep us updated on how that goes and hopefully it's worth your while. It should be a nice weekend, I think. Yeah, it's supposed to cool down. It's supposed to be like a beautiful weekend. So that's another reason too. Like if it was going to be in the 90s like it is right now, I mm-hmm. don't think I'd be taking a new burnout in it, but it's supposed to be like low 80s, I think down here. So that'll be should nice. be a nice Saturday. Yeah. And Especially I, in the morning, it'll be. Yeah, it's yeah. The low is like fifty-five the night before, mm, so perfect. It's gonna be like cold almost, but I'm I'm looking forward to wearing a sweatshirt. I'm not gonna lie, I Me love too. sweatshirt weather. Sweatshirt and short weather is like yes. perfect. <laughs> yes, perfect combination. <laughs> it really is. It's way better than like jeans and a t-shirt. Yes, I don't sure. know why. I don't know why. That's yeah. weird. Okay, we're kind of on the same page. <laughs> Midwest things. <laughs> right. All right. Before we blab on too long, we will uh get into the interview. Hey. Hey, sounds good to me. Hey. <laughs> All right. <laughs> on to the interview. Uh, we are so excited to have Rachel Gerbitz here with us. She is the director of sustainability communications and partnerships for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau. So in her role, she oversees the organization's sustainability communication efforts. She works closely with stakeholders and media to highlight agriculture's sustainability story. Rachel lives in Kakana, Wisconsin. She attended the University of Wisconsin-Madison, where she earned a bachelor's degree in dairy science and life sciences communication. 
Additionally, she earned an Agriculture Marketing and Communications Certificate from the Department of Agriculture, Trade, and Consumer Protection in 2020. We are very excited to have you here, Rachel, to talk about your new role um, with the Wisconsin Farm Bureau and to talk about the Leaders of the Land series that you have put together. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I am an avid Instagram follower of both of you <laughs> and uh, really, really need to be featured on a podcast. This is a first for me, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we are very excited to have you on here when um, we first heard about the Leaders of the Land series that you're hosting. Becca and I were both very interested um, in learning a little bit more about it. So before we get into that, Rachel, I know Becca just gave a pretty good uh, bio for you, but do you kind of want to give a little background on yourself, where, where you came from, where you grew up, if you grew up on a farm? So I like to introduce myself as a farm kid who grew up off the farm. I was born onto my family's small dairy farm in Dodge County near Juneau. Uh, my dad milked about 40 cows and I was able to milk a jersey or two when I I was about three or four years old, but it was when I was four when we sold the cows and moved off the farm. I stayed really involved in agriculture through 4-H and the Wisconsin Junior Holstein Association, kind of found my niche showing dairy cattle at the county, state, and county, state, local levels. I've showed at World Dairy Expo a couple of times, and that's really where my passion for agriculture grew through showing. Um, so that led me to pursue um, agriculture-related degrees at the University of Wisconsin-Madison, on campus, I had a couple of different agriculture-related internships and was involved in the Badger Dairy Club Association of Women in Agriculture and Collegiate Farm Bureau, which transitions well into the role I'm in today. That uh, involvement in Collegiate Farm Bureau got me really interested in the work that Farm Bureau does supporting Wisconsin farmers across the state and across different commodities. And I'm really excited to offer that platform to cover sustainability topics and um, help share those sustainability stories. There's a lot of different things going on across the state and across commodities. Simple things from you're still using the same barn that your grandpa did in the 80s to rotational grazing advances. There's so many different sustainability practices and I'm really excited to sweep those out from under the rug and share those stories. Yeah, sustainability really has been kind of a hot topic in farming and it's one of those things that a lot of farmers are very sustainable to begin with, but we don't always realize it until someone kind of comes in and is like, well, you're using your water like three or four times, like that's pretty sustainable. And then you're like, oh yeah, yeah, it is. <laughs> it's just one of those things that you don't always think about, but consumers um, are kind of taking notice of it. And so it's important that we are able to share that story. Absolutely. I agree. There's just the little things that we're doing every day that we might not think of as uh big sustainability practice, but it's worth noting and worth sharing that story and helping foster that consumer confidence that what we're doing is going to be around for decades to come and generations to come. Yeah, I always like to say, um, like as a cranberry grower, there's a reason why there's so many multi-generational farms um, in the cranberry industry is because we do take such great care of our land. Like we live out here, we raise families out here like you don't have that if you're not taking care of the land and leaving it better for the next generation. So that's kind of always everyone's goal out here is to just make sure that you're doing practices today that will carry into tomorrow and for future generations. That's beautiful. <laughs> I, I think there's such an emotional side to it too. It just becomes such a 
family thing and such a inheritance generational thing. And that's really, um, really important. Yeah, I know that's always a very, (laughs) a topic that a lot of farmers are very excited to talk about and especially brag about. There's, there's so much bragging rights in how sustainable that our practices are becoming and have always been really. Um, And it's something that kind of like Becca said, consumers often overlooked. um, And that was kind of always like a big trigger, at least for us anyway, um, when in reality, I think ocean spray just became like the first 100% sustainable um, company or that the farms were 100% sustainable or something like that. Um, but that's a, that was a big thing that a lot of consumers were concerned about. And so now that we have this chance to kind of showcase how sustainable we are, that's something that we're super excited to boast and brag about. So when we heard about your Leaders of the Land series, we got excited um, because uh, that's that's something that I think a lot of farmers are going to be really interested in. Um, so let's let's hear a little bit about that from the expert. I don't want to I don't want to screw anything up. So do you want to kind of explain uh, what this series or what this tour is going to be all about and and how people can get involved with that? Yes, absolutely. We are really excited to offer this opportunity to bring together all of these groups from across Wisconsin, from cranberries to cows to corn to pigs. We're really highlighting a little bit of everything, and we want to explore how these diverse commodities are working towards similar goals of water quality and soil health and dealing with carbon conversations and air quality. So we're offering this platform to facilitate those conversations and bring those different groups together. So that's really the purpose of these the statewide sustainability series to offer farmers and agriculturists different perspectives regarding environmental stewardship across Wisconsin. Each event will fe- feature a unique learning opportunity applicable applicable across farms and allow networking across sectors of agriculture. You're hearing it here first. We are offering uh, guest speakers at each tour to highlight this diversity and bring us all together and offer some different perspectives on how different companies are dealing with their sustainability messaging. We're excited to bring Caitlin Riley from the Wisconsin Beef Council to talk about their approach to sustainability messaging. And Kelly Ritalik from Wisconsin Pork Producers is going to talk to us about the We Care initiative that really highlights how pork producers are sustainable and um, take animal welfare so seriously in production. Um, the Healthy Grown Potatoes program to talk about how vegetable growers are stewards of the land, leaders of the land in their field. So we're excited to bring together these different groups to have these conversations and really pull in from the experts so they can offer some insights on these different topics. So when, when can we expect this tour to start? What are the dates? The first tour is coming up on August 20th. We are kicking it off at Heartland Farms in Hancock, Wisconsin. Heartland is a potato and vegetable grower. And there we're going to see a family that is dedicated to long-term sustainability for day-to-day operations and long into the future. Starts on August 20th. We are really looking forward to that first stop to bring people together. And then These tours are going to run into September. Um, The grand finale is going to be Gainer Cranberry in Wisconsin Rapids on September 23rd. So there's going to be tours um, 
throughout the last few weeks of August and all the way into September. And for those of you that were listening to the forward farming episode, I think like two or three episodes ago where we had Jenna Dempsey on um, talking about her experience uh, with horses and in the cranberry industry, that is actually her family cranberry marsh. So if you guys are interested, again, that's on September 23rd um, as a big grand finale. So if you want to see a cranberry marsh, that would be an excellent one to check out. Her family is really great about um, hosting people and they're just so knowledgeable about everything and just the history behind their marsh is really cool. So speaking from personal experience, I would definitely check check that one out. Um, That might be kind of fun. Not that you're biased or anything. No, not that I'm biased, but <laughs> it might be kind of cool. I like that you guys are highlighting all different aspects of Wisconsin agriculture while still bringing in the sustainability aspect of it. Um, for people that want to like go to the tours, is that open to the public or do you have to be a Farm Bureau member or how is that working? So we are opening it up to Farm Bureau members and um, non-Farm Bureau members. The cost is $20 per tour for Wisconsin Farm Bureau members and $80 for non-Farm Bureau members. That $80 includes a one-year Wisconsin Farm Bureau membership, and then any subsequent tours would cost $20 after that original $80. So we really want to encourage people to attend as many tours as they can to really experience the full scope of this series and program. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of interesting conversation and a lot of varying conversation between what we learn at a potato farm and then what we go learn at our dairy stops as well. So I would really encourage um, to attend as many tours as you can to get the most you can out of the program. And do people need to pre-register for the tours or can they just show up and pay at the at the at the gate at the time of the event? (laughs) We would encourage pre-tour registration. All of that information can be found on our website or Facebook page. Um, And I can share a link so you guys can post that with your stuff. I don't have like a nice clean web address to just spit out right here. So we'll make sure to include that in the posts and things. We'll put it in our show notes too of the podcast. So it should just be an easy clickable link for everybody. Perfect. There's a nice bit.ly link that Cassie did to put together. So with the tours and we're, we keep saying the word sustainable um, for listeners that maybe aren't sure what sustainability means. I know it's got a lot of different meanings to different people, but to you, you know, to Farm Bureau and to some of these farmers that you're going to be visiting, what kind of things does it mean to them? And what, what topics are you kind of focusing on? Um, you know, like water usage, the soil, things like that. Can you just tell us a little bit more about what sustainability means to you? Yes, absolutely. And that's a great question because I think sustainability can have so many different definitions and can mean different things to different people. But for us, and I think for farmers, it really means working hard towards progress today to meet the needs of tomorrow. It's leaving the land, water, soil better for the next generation so they can continue to be profitable and good stewards of their community and good stewards of the land. So I think it's important to kind of consider those three different pillars of the social, financial, and economic sides of sustainability. Um, You have to be financially viable to continue passing on the farm to the next generation so they can have a profitable life on the farm. You have to be good stewards of the environment and take care of the land that you have been 
tasked to take care of and you have to be good stewards within your community and make sure your community knows that you are taking care of the land and you're being friends of the community. Um, so at Wisconsin Farm Bureau, we believe that Wisconsin farmers share the goal of being safe and sustainable while keeping their farms productive. And a couple of those overarching messages that you're going to hear reoccurring throughout this tour series is that we are committed to clean water and healthy soil. Farmers are part of the water quality solution. Water runs downhill and farmers are constantly working upstream to improve their methods to minimize their impact on water quality. And healthy soil leads to clean air and water and high yielding crops and quality grazing land. So all of those things are important to take care of and we want to be responsible with those resources that are available to us. I agree with everything, you know, like a lot of times people think that farmers are like trying to destroy the earth and stuff. And it's like, wh what would be the point of that? Because we want to be able to pass this down from our family. We're living on the farm. We are breathing in the air. Like we obviously want the best for our family and for the future generation. So that's really good. Uh, I know last week, Amber and I were talking, um, our dairy is, um, doing the farm program. So this year, something new when we got our evaluation done was that we had a sustainability evaluation done as well. Um, it's kind of just, it's their starting point. It's the first uh, year that they are doing it through Foremost Farms. And we went through and gosh, it was like a lot of book work that I had to do. But um, she went through and she was able to plug in all these numbers to kind of see like where we're at with a carbon footprint standpoint. Um, and things like that. So it's gonna be really interesting in the coming years to continue to improve our sustainability efforts and then to now have like a measuring point. And so when we redo this evaluation in a few years, we can like be like, okay, look at the data. We are becoming more sustainable. Like we are doing the best that we can and continually to improve. So that's really cool that, um, I think that the places are bringing it more to light um, because it's such an important thing for consumers. So I'm glad that, you know, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau and other things like the farm program are kind of making more light aware to the situation and uh, committing to improving sustainability in all aspects. Absolutely. And we're excited to share those stories and see that progress. One interesting kind of question or conversation that I think is going to come about from these tours is how things have changed in the past five years regarding sustainability. I can think of even when my dad was farming 20 years ago, he was rotationally grazing and he had his nutrient management plans and his cover crops. But think of how much that has changed in the 20 years since we left the farm and how much that's going to continue to change in the next five years. So I'm excited to explore that at these different tour stops and within these different commodities, how things have changed and how they're going to continue to grow and continue to improve. And I think that's really going to be an exciting message to share with our consumers as well that we are continually improving and constantly working towards being better than we were yesterday. If you guys are interested in attending these tours, um, like we said, we'll put the link to find more information from them in the show notes, and then we'll kind of share it in our posts and our stories so that it's easy for you guys to find. Um, do you have anything else you want to share with us? Any other exciting things that Farm Bureau is up to? Well, uh, we're very excited for our in-person annual meeting coming up in December. Uh, excited to be back at the Kalahari interacting with everybody. But that's another thing uh, 
little prerequisite to everybody getting together in the winter, uh, come together for our tours. That's been kind of a long time since everyone has been able to get together as a group. So that's another another drawing point or another exciting thing about these tours is to get everybody back together again. So we're looking forward to seeing everyone face to face uh, coming up in a couple months. That is very exciting. I, <laughs> um, you, we were kind of talking about before we started how we just had um, the Cranberry Field Day yesterday. And that's kind of just a time where all the growers throughout the state can kind of get together and just, um, it's, it's kind of a learning day for us. We have a lot of really cool uh, researchers come in and talk to us about everything that they've been doing throughout the year. And mostly it's just a conversation for growers to get together. And we haven't had that happen in two years now. Um, so it was, I heard it was a good time. Um, and Rachel, you said that you were there. So hopefully you learned a little something from the growers. It was, did you get, did you get to try a cream puff? That's always like the highlight of the field day. Is it, I is did field? not have a cream puff, but there was a cranberry dessert and there was a cranberry glaze on the chicken. So I was, uh, I was all about it. I was excited to try some new cranberry recipes. I'm more of a dairy girl. My background is a lot more dairy focused. So I was really excited to dive into that side of a uh, different commodity and experience that firsthand and really excited about that cranberry tour that we've got to close out the tour series. Well, I could talk a little bit about the other ones too, about what I'm excited about for the other ones. Yeah. Um, where else, what else are you, what other farms are you going to? I know you kind yeah. of touched on the pork, um, the veggies and cranberries, but is there anything else that is kind of really tripping your trigger? Yeah, absolutely. And I'd love to touch on what I'm excited about for each stop, just to give kind of a overarching 30,000 foot view of what these tours are going to be at Gwenin Hill Organic Farms and Gardens. We're going to see a unique perspective and a different type of production agriculture and really excited to bring them into the conversation. They do a lot of grazing cover crops and no-till. So I think that's going to be a really relatable thing for um, conventional farmers and organic farmers alike to take out of that conversation. At From the Earth, farm and education garden. This is actually a really unique stop because this garden is part of the Stockbridge Muncie community, which is part of the Mohican tribe in Shawano County. So they are really working towards bringing back some tribal traditions in the fruits and vegetables that they're growing and the way that they're growing. So I think that's going to be a really interesting perspective to hear how the tribe deals with those different topics and mm -hmm. sustainability points. At High Gem Holsteins in Normandies, we're excited to feature that dual purpose breed and the Normandy breed of cattle. They are also a grazing herd and Chris Conley, um, owner of High Gem Holsteins, dove in head first with cover crops and no-till. So he's gonna have a really interesting story to share about how that went transitioning his entire farm to cover crops and no-till within two years. Uh, Wheezy Brother Farms is a larger progressive dairy. Um, that's actually in my neck of the woods. Uh, excited to feature them. They feed byproducts to their dairy cows. Actually, cranberry hulls have made mm -hmm. it into the rotation of byproducts that they feed. So we're excited to kind of learn how that goes and what that looks like from the cow side and how the cows react to those different byproducts. 
Um, that's a fuel, that's a fuel cost. It's keeping waste out of landfills. There's a lot of benefits to incorporating those byproducts into the ration. So excited to learn more about that. So at uh, Cosmo is a 400 cow dairy farm that composts all of their manure. They use a flush system in their alleyways to clean their alleys, which is kind of unique to Wisconsin. I think you see that a lot in um, the South and the West states more than you see it here, just because we get so cold in the winter, it's less practical to be flushing water down your alley in the winter time, but they found it is a really good solution for them to manage the moisture that they need to create their compost. And they actually sell this compost in 20 some countries across the world. So excited yeah. to learn about that perspective and that compost solution as a unique strategy for manure management. Lake Family Farms is uh, another exciting highlight because Jeff Lake was recognized in 2019 as a winner of the prestigious Aldo Leopold Conservation Award. He has done some really neat things to recreate and revamp his stream beds. His farm is surrounded by the north and south forks of the Hay River, so he has been very conscious of controlling his inputs and controlling how water is moving from to and from his fields. Um, one quote from Jeff that I really latched onto and really like to share is that he's not afraid of big rain events and that they don't scare him on his farm. So come and see how he has mitigated that on his farm with his different practices. Uh, rock feeder pigs in Wazika is going to be a really neat stop too. Uh, you're hearing it here first that AV is going to welcome us into his barns, and that's kind of a unique opportunity to be able to do that in a swine operation. Um, there's some precautions that we need to be aware of, so please pre-register for this tour so we can make sure that we are uh, following those guidelines and standards set by our host. So I'm really excited to offer that perspective. Um, they do. I walked onto that farm earlier this week. I couldn't smell it. I was amazed. I was like, this doesn't smell at all like a pig farm. And um, I think that was really neat, his efforts to control the air quality. So we're going to really dive into that at his stop. And then our finale stop, Gainer Cranberry uh, with Heidi Slinkman is going to be a really great opportunity. We're crossing our fingers for a harvest tour. Hopefully we can see some flooded bogs when we're there and we can really dive into how cranberry growers are responsible stewards of the land and the water that they use as a tool and resource for, they use water as a tool for harvesting their crop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think with how early of a spring that we had, I think there's definitely a good chance that harvest will be happening around September 23rd. So fingers crossed for you guys that everything works out because um, that'll be really cool to see for everyone too. So. If for some reason that there is a tour date or a farm that you really want to go to, but you're unable to make it that date, is there anywhere that people can go to kind of like get a recap or anything like that? We are covering these events on Facebook. Definitely check out our Facebook page for uh, some pre-event promotion and some different teasers for what you're going to see at each tour stop. And we'll kind of recap there what we have seen, what we learned, and maybe hopefully do a couple Facebook live videos. I should talk to Cassie before I guarantee that, though. Okay. 
Nope, now you gotta do it. <laughs> yep, now you gotta do it. It's out there. <laughs> we'll be waiting for it. <laughs> Facebook Live hosted by Rachel. <laughs> hosted by Rachel. I uh, cannot guarantee uh, live video coverage, but we will definitely um, we'll definitely recap each event on Facebook following. So make sure you check out our Facebook event. Respond if you are interested in going. Uh, if you have questions, feel free to reach out. I'm happy to point you in the right direction and answer your questions. Is there a good email address that uh, people can get a hold of you at, or should we just send them to your website? What's a good um, point of contact for you guys? Yes. So all of the tour information, a lot of what I talked about can be found on our Wisconsin Farm Bureau website on the events page. If you have specific questions, I'd be happy to answer them. You can email me. My email address is rgerbitz. That's my first initial last name at wfbf.com. I've been kind of the point person for these tours. So um, yeah, if you have questions, I'll do my best. And we'll put your contact info in our show notes as well um, and scatter it throughout social media too. So keep an eye out for that if you're interested or have any other questions for Rachel. Um, Is there anything else that you want to touch on? Um, I guess, Amber, we've touched a little bit on the cranberry side for sustainability. Becca, can you touch a little bit on the dairy side? We do have a few dairy stops on our tour series. So we'd love to uh, hear that perspective too from a dairy farmer, what you're looking forward to or what you guys are doing on your farm and how that might compare to what we are going to be seeing on the tours. Yeah, I'm excited to see what the other dairy farms do. Um, the, the sustainability thing like, is kind of a new thing for me to actually think about you know like what we're doing um one way that we we do um pride ourselves in like a st- sustainability wise is just our reuse of water um and i think a lot of farms do that you know the same water that we use to cool down the milk that goes through the plate coolers also goes down um to wash our parlor and it goes into watering the cows and doing our laundry things like that so i i think i read i don't know if you know the answer to this but Water like on a dairy farm on average is reused four to seven times. I think it's around that number. So that's pretty cool. Um, Other things like cover crops, um, things like that. But I'm really excited to to tune into these dairy tours. I probably won't be able to make them because baby life, but I'm excited to to watch your live videos, you know, and uh, (laughs) to hear more things. And then maybe I'll hear things that like we're doing as well and be like, oh, that's sustainable. Okay. I can share that in my story, but yeah, you kind of put me on the spot here and I I don't, I, I like know what sustainability means to me, but at the same time, I don't have like specifics of what we do on our farm. I just I don't know. I know like based on our numbers, I don't have that right now, but when we did our evaluation, our like our numbers are all below the national average. So we're doing something right, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what specifics went into that. Yeah. And you did touch on that when you talked about the evaluation. I just think it's really cool to bring together cows and cranberries. You you two do that and then we're doing that um as well in our tour series. So just highlighting those different diverse commodities across the state. And we all are working towards common goals and how we can bring that together. Exactly. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. Um, Thank you so much for being here today and kind of uh, letting us know about your new position and the leaders of the land series. I'm very excited for it. I think it's going to be a big hit um, for Mm -hmm. Wisconsin farmers and Wisconsin consumers to kind of learn more about all these different industries. So 
Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate uh, coming on and sharing my story and sharing these tours. We're really excited to promote them and get people coming to them. So once again, please check out our website for information on registration. And I hope you can find at least one tour to attend in the next two months. Thanks, Rachel. Before we let you go, um, I don't think you mentioned it, but I got to ask, what brand of cow did you grow up with? What brand of cow? Mm -hmm. I am a Jersey girl at heart. Those big brown eyes. Uh, First cow I ever milked was a Jersey and I've got my own little small herd of jerseys that I try and show here and there. So Jersey girl through and through. You have a couple of pictures hanging up behind you and Becca has just been giving you this stink eye this whole time. So I figured I had to ask and just kind of rub that in a little bit. Rub it in a little bit. Oh, it's a rivalry. I may have threatened to end the interview when we first started. It's, it's fine though. Brown cows. Um, you got to stick together. Those brown yeah, cows. The brown cows. We don't have to go into uh, specifics. Um, <laughs> But uh, so like we said, we'll put all of Rachel's information in the show notes. Um, If you guys are not following us on Facebook and Instagram, we're at Forward Farming Podcast. You can follow our personal pages uh, at Farming with the Hillbies and Amber is at Cranberry Chats. And thanks again, Rachel, for being here and catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.